This is Fed Up, the podcast by Falcon Nutrition, and I'm your host, Jason Falcon. This podcast will feature coaches, current and former clients, industry colleagues and peers, as well as a handful of others that we feel will bring value to your life as you continue on your nutrition journey. Enjoy, thank you for listening, and let's have some fun. There we go. All right, welcome back to another episode of Fed Up, the Falcon Nutrition Podcast. Joshua Ortegan on with me. Did I just butcher it? I said yeah, it right. You're, you're perfect, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once again, I, I did the same thing I always do, and we started small talking. And this is what happens when you never get to talk to other people and you just work online all day. You finally talk to someone that... Human interaction. Human, yeah. But more so someone that gets it, like uh, you... Same wavelengths. So really, I just cut him off and said, hey, man, I should probably start recording. But where you were going with that um, sounded like it was about to get really interesting, similar to what we do. Um, Joshua, to, uh, I guess to build a little bit of context, who are you? What do you do? Um, let's start there. Yeah. So we run a business called Phenom Nutrition, Phenom Fitness Nutrition. It's online coaching, right? Welcome to the world of online coaching. If you've, <laughs> if you've heard the story before, stop me, right? Um uh, my history actually involved first in sports performance. Uh, general population migrated in. I had kind of an epiphany point around 2016 where I realized the where I wanted to make an impact in the world wasn't on helping kids get Division One scholarships. That's 2% of society. Mm-hmm. I wanted to work in general population. I wanted to help people, you know, 67%. I think at one point the people were overweight in the world. And I made a movement towards that, um, had major life changes myself from my fitness and wellness, um, still work in the athletic environment and in a high school environment, still work in wellness within that high school environment. But this really organically started from helping a few people lose weight to all of a sudden you got a business on your hand, you care about it, yep. you're passionate about it, you want to help people, you make it a business. And as long as you're always out there genuinely caring about your people, it's never turned into a job, man. It never right. did. Right. It never did. And if you if you really do it right, which I think you guys are probably similar to, to my dynamic, our dynamic is marketing, <laughs> keeping up with how to market is, is challenging. In good times, this economy right now is tricky. It, it's slow. It's scary. I don't know if we're in a recession or not. I wait for the people that are smarter than me to tell us that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you genuinely are doing right by people, you have to market very little because it's very referral driven, right? It's very word of mouth driven. Um, and I think how you take care of people and open them up to concepts helps greatly. So I'm going to let you go into what you were about to go. I heard you mention you develop outcome goals and process goals with everyone you work with. Yeah, we. The hardest thing I've learned by taking lumps is managing people's expectation here. Yep. And you always hear people say, hey, Billy, we're going to work for three months. What do you want to lose? Do I want to lose 20 pounds? I'm like, whoa, okay. Like, I get it. Or I'm sure you've had this. If you've had somebody say, send you the picture of somebody, say, I want to look like this person. Yeah. Carrie Underwood's legs. That was extremely yeah. popular, you know, yeah. and it's, well, yeah. you know, that's a tall order. Let's figure out what we can do for you. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. They'll send me the fitness girl on the day of competition. Right. And that I want one hour, like the one hour of the day, like one hour of the day that she looked like that. And then she, yeah. yeah. She doesn't walk around like that. Then I find a picture of her off season. They're like, Whoa, she's huge. Yep. Yeah. That's a big, strong girl. Right. That's, yeah. You got to eat big to get big and then you cut yeah. down and then you go right back. Yeah. And so the way we've started to manage expectations is uh, outcome goals, process goals. 
What do you want to do? I want to do X. And every time you ask somebody what their goal is, they could throw a number. I want to lose two dress sizes, two pant sizes, um, or I want to weigh this much on the scale, right? And, um, you know, non-scale victories have been beaten up, right? We've destroyed that that subject forever. Um, still, people are fixated on what they weigh on the scale, yep. right? And I said, okay, if your goal is, so I'll take a new client. We got her down to saying she wants to lose 15 pounds in 12 weeks. Pound a week is tall order, right? Mm -hmm. Don't work with them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If you want to do that, just understand we first, we have to take pictures mm -hmm. because I don't want you fixated on the scale so much. Like, I just want you to be happy with where the results are at the right. end. Right. And that's an outcome goal. That's the outcome you want to have happen. Yep. Here's what has to happen daily, right? You're going to have to track food. We're going to have to lift three to five, three to four days a week, walk daily, um, hit your macros, hit your protein intake. And then we hit them with the, then you got to be consistent with that. Yeah. And they're like, well, well, what do you mean? What's consistency? And, and we always want to throw a value on that. And you hear people say 80% is consistent, right? 80% is consistent. And they're like, well, what's that look like? So what we do is we have them get out a calendar. Yep. If it's 30 days, we want to be, we want to hit those goals 24 out of 30 days. I would consider that successful. Now, can you royally screw something up in six days? You sure can. I oh mean, God. Chinese, yeah. The math Chinese, is not in your favor there. Chinese buffet. Yeah. yeah. Be, right. Yep. But we want to start somewhere and we have them mark the days they hit their process goals and the days they don't hit their process goals. Yeah. At the end of every week, we look at it. And at the end of every month, we reflect on it. And we try so to they, get it. So they have a calendar that they literally mark? Yeah. So I love it, it, man. They see it. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. They visually see it. At the end of the month, if it's April and they hit 30, there's 30 days and they were successful 15 days, we don't need a new plan. We just need to right. work on being more successful the next week. Yep next month until we get to 24 25 26 27 days of consistency yeah and when we set those goals if i tell them hey you got to track got to hit your protein you got to lift weights we got to walk we got to sleep yeah. right if that's what's going to get them to that 12 pounds 15 pounds in 12 weeks and that seems like it's too much for them mm -hmm. then we got to go back to those goals and adjust those goals and manage right. the expectation right right um and that really has helped us with client retention, yep. managing the expectation and being realistic of what it takes yep. to lose weight, get in shape. I'm not talking about, like you said earlier in our conversation, we're just worried about getting a baseline for a majority of these people. Yeah. Right. They just yep. need to eat fruits and vegetables, lean protein, go to the gym, go for a walk. Yeah. And not drink so much. Right. And start to become the person that does those things. You know, there's no other way, way really to say it. Like the people that become the people that keep those things on their radar, we know we're going to stay successful. Mm -hmm. The people that treat it as a challenge, you know, okay, it's three months. I only have to do this for three months. And then I'm going to have, I'm going to have oh, achieved yeah. the 12 or 15 pounds. And then I can go back to what I was doing. Well, yeah. you can't, yeah. you can, but you're not going to keep the results you earned. It's cause and effect. And that's what I always try to explain. It's, 
it's literally just an ongoing cause and effect. Like our bodies are a living representation of the current average of all of the cause and effect relationships. So if you change the cause after three months and you, ah, you know, I'm not working, I'm not working with Josh anymore. I don't need to do those things. Where do you think you're going to end up? You're not going to just somehow find a hack where you keep the results. It's what was the number that was thrown out on social recently? 80% of the people who lose 20 pounds or more gain it back. Um, it's got to be, I mean, yeah. Like the, the, when they, when they study diets on the whole, it's usually 90% plus. Is it? What they don't talk on, and I think you guys probably do a good job. You've already mentioned workouts and steps, but when they study diets, they're usually like that percentage they're referencing are just food alone interventions. So like okay. I come to you and you say, Jason, here's a calorie count. Go do this. Look, 90% of that approach is going to fail long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has to be about more than food. And that's like, we're very big. Like my company's Falcon Nutrition, but really once you're within this, you know, once once you're getting coached here, it probably feels like, more of a lifestyle uh, program. Everyone we work with has has a step goal, a sleep goal, water mm-hmm. and fiber, you know, stress levels, de-stress protocol. Like there's all these things on their radar. Food is a big part of it, but if you wanted to follow statistics, it can't be only about food. You have to uh, be yeah. someone that starts to move your body more, which it sounds yes. like you guys do a lot. No, yeah, you that like you really hit it at home when you said we're just trying to get a majority of people that back to baseline. Yeah. And if you don't get back to baseline, any kind of aesthetic or weight loss goal is premature. Right. Right. And, um, you know, the world is just set up for everything to be very easy for them. Um, you, you've, you've heard the book Atomic Habits, mm-hmm. right? Um, I tell people that's the number one book on weight loss that has nothing to do with weight loss. Yeah. And unless you really, truly love the process, yeah, are patient, a little bit forgiving of yourself, um, if you don't really, truly fall in love with the process because you find whatever is being prescribed to you is too difficult, man, like you said, at the end of those 12 weeks, you're going to be like, man, I can't wait to go to Waffle House. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably worth, you know, at that point, reevaluating. Did I go too hard? Like, could I have done this indefinitely if I was going, you know, just a little bit less, even if the results are a little bit slower? If that helps you find your your go all day pace, go a little bit slower. You're never going to get there and go, gosh, I wish I got here sooner. Like maybe you are, but man, I you know, I lost like a hundred pounds. I've kept a hundred pounds off. Not once have I said, if only that was three months quicker. Like it's yeah. been over 10 years now. Oh. It's just, it's the rest of your life. Um, so the, the tendency to rush it, but I think we've been conditioned, man. Like I said, we're leaving Wednesday for this trip and here I'm like scrambling. Okay. What do the kids need? My wife's already down there. She was, she was at a, um, a bride's uh, bachelorette party this past weekend. So it's kind of all falling on me to coordinate everything for me and the kids get us down. So I'm on Amazon and like totally unrealistic, unreasonable expectations. I'm on Amazon looking for like these last minute things. And I'm like, what do you mean no one-day shipping? This is preposterous. Uh, it's like, well, dude, in the old days, which was not long ago at all, you would have had to drive somewhere, you know, put a lot of effort into this thing, pay a lot more. There's no chance you are getting it tomorrow on your doorstep. We've just been everything now, everything, you know. And by the way, the free, the, the next day shipping is free. <laughs> so yeah. it's very accessible. It costs nothing. And And so then you hear from someone like you or someone like me, like, I can get you there. But it's time and consistency. Time yeah. alone, doing nothing is not going to get you anywhere. And consistency with not enough time 
is also not going to get you anywhere. And so you have to be willing to play some semblance of the long game. And it's, it's, it's difficult. I think three months, you can really change your body a lot in a yeah, perfect world sure. where everyone could stay on for a year. I think a year you can change your life because you, yeah, my business partner, Gray tells people a year. Yeah. How long is it going to be a year. That's it. It's going to take a year. And it's going to, yeah. it's going to pass. The time's going to pass either way. You're going to hit that year mark. Yeah. You know, you might as well be improving all the way through. I put a post up a while back that had some good traction where I said, this is hard. And the reason it's hard is because you're going to go work out and nothing's going to happen. And you got to do that for eight weeks in a row. Sometimes you're going to start eating better, eating more vegetables, eating your protein. Like for some people, they just have to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like we're changing food habits. Yeah. And you're going to do that and nothing's going to happen that day. Yeah. And you're going to go exercise. Nothing's going to happen that day. Yeah. And sometimes four, six, eight weeks, nothing really physically that you see happens that day. Yeah. And it's really hard. And that's why people quit. No, it's, it's the truth. I mean, imagine, you know, graduating college, leaving with a degree, getting your first job, big prestigious, whatever your industry, you're, you go to your first day at work. And then you, it's five o'clock and you wind down and you're like, where's my paycheck? Mm-hmm. Your boss is like, well, you got to show up. And, I'll, you know, also you don't get paid for your first two weeks. We're like, we hold that one back. And then so about a month from now you get paid. What if you're like, well, I'm out. I'm done working. This whole working thing is not for me. Like, good yeah. luck with life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. It's the exact, I mean, it's the exact same or like a, being a freshman in high school or in college. And after your first day being like, all right, my degree. Yeah. Hand her over a second. Well, no, this takes a little bit. (laughs) Time in, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. In your opinion, um, one of the hardest things we see with people is their environmental factors or the the environment around them, right? One of the hardest things we do, and I'd really like to get your opinion on it, is um, reflect on who the people are around you. Mm -hmm. And what are they doing? I always say, you know, if you're trying not to drink, you don't want to hang out with people that all they want to do is go to the bar. Yep. Right. Um, and there's got to be a happy medium because I've heard people get take a really hard stance and say, well, if you're trying to get healthy and you're hanging around people that aren't trying to get healthy, then you need to find new friends. And I'm like, I'm putting myself in the experience where like, all right, these are people I've known for 10 years. Yeah. Where's the limit there? Like, yeah, I have a hard time. Like, do I just ditch all my friends because they're not as healthy as me and go find new friends? But they're my friends. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. No, for me. It, it it is it is very true. It's easy for us to make a carousel or a meme or this or that and just like very black or white. And here's an absolute statement: and your friends are dirtbags, and you need new friends because you're trying to be healthy now. Yeah, like man, what a lonely life. Just yeah. all of us are going to scrap all of our best friends. Like our values and our goals are ours. Mm-hmm. No, we're not better or worse than anyone. We just have different goals and values than other people, even from each other. Um, I think there's a fine line between cutting off your friends. I think social isolation and the lack of social connection is going to be like the next damaging. We're already seeing it play out, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, I don't think you cut off your friends. I think it's sort of like couples. I'm sure you guys have coached couples that do your program together versus just the wife or yeah. just the husband. And so what I encourage, I mean, my opinion, my honest advice for anyone is communicate, tell your spouse or tell your best friend, 
that is borderline more drinking buddy than best friend, but still pretty best. Tell them, here's this thing I'm doing. Don't just tell them you're doing it. Tell them why you're doing it. Tell them how it's going to make you feel, your reasons for doing it. And say, I'm not asking you to come along with me on this ride. But I could really use your support. It's tough enough for me to go out into these situations and these environments. I'm going to stay strong. Don't give me a hard time, man. Like I'm right on the edge as it is. Don't beat the devil on my shoulder. You don't even have to encourage me, but like, don't pull me back into this thing that I'm trying to get out. And I think you can go out and have a good time from there. But there's a lot of couples that won't communicate that way. And then I think a lot of friends, um, you know, people are, are sort of afraid of having that conversation where really, if you're that friend, typically we don't, we're not going to willingly encourage our friends to do things that are going to bring harm to themselves. Right. Um, so if they brought to our attention, like, well, damn, man, like he's on this mission now. Like, I didn't know. I, I thought he was just choosing not to drink and he was kind of making me feel bad. Now I understand. Yeah. I'll lay off. Cool. Maybe I'll get a diet Coke too. I'll probably feel better tomorrow morning. Yeah. A conversation that you can have that, that would go a long way, but it's, it's, it's tough. Even that response. I understand not everyone is comfortable leaning into it. I almost, it, it's really interesting. You asked that because I almost made a, a post instead of my other spirited post talking about like, how would you define the word weird? How, what is your definition of the word weird? Wow. Very broad. I know. Yeah. The first thing I think of is um, anything outside of the norm. But then when I think, well, what's my definition of the norm? Or, or yeah. So like weird, because I would define it pretty much the exact same way, just like unique, anything that stands out. Most people for fear of, you know, being shut out by like their social networks are f- afraid, you know, you go out with a group of friends, everyone's probably going to look pretty similar. Everyone's going to be wearing the same type of, yeah. in most friends groups. So really look at, and this is going to sound terrible. Glad we're recording. But mm-hmm. just look at, look at like us as a society right now and look at the things that we're into. Look at our state of health, health mm-hmm. span, lifespan, like all of it. If you're someone that goes to the gym, you don't realize it, but you're a weird person. Most people don't go to the gym. If you're someone that cares about what they're eating, you're a weird person. You talk to other people that track their food and you talk to other people that lift. So you're in a very small fishbowl. But if you get out of that fishbowl and just go out into society, by definition, like if, if weird and unique mean the same thing, if most of us are in a poor state of health, those that are actively working on themselves are kind of the weird ones. Like you have to embrace going the other way with things. Um, a lot of times the pack mentality gets things right. As self-care goes, I think we're currently getting it mostly wrong. So you have to like be brave enough to not just take the easy swimming downstream with the pack because the pack right now is not going the right, the right direction. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a Mark Twain quote that's like, if you find yourself not paraphrase it. If you find yourself agreeing with the, with the pack, you need to rethink what you're, what you're. Yeah, it's easy. I mean, cause that's kind of the easy thing is to just hush up, right. Even when you know better. And I think a lot of people get into those situations back to your question um, where they want to have that conversation. And at the very end of it, or like when they get into the thick of it, they just kind of clamor up and they go, ah, let me just order a drink. Cause everyone else is drinking. I don't know. I'm, yeah. It's been a stressful week. I don't want to get into it. I mean, I went through that. I can tell you firsthand, like right now I'm not drinking. I did dry January and I just kept growing with it. Long story. How's it changed? Um, How have you what? changed? How have you changed? Has it changed you? Oh God, dude. Yeah. It like, and that's kind of why I've just kept going with it. Like you have to distance yourself from it 
long enough. Two to four weeks, I think, gives you meaningful perspective. Two weeks, the first two weeks were very difficult for me. Two to four, it changed. After week four, you started to feel like so good. And I mean, recovery, mental clarity, sleep, um, excited to go work out, excited, like, it's very difficult to describe. Like, I highly encourage everyone that asks do your me friends about it. Know you do this? Do, do your relationships and friends and everybody know you're doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Have you been moralized over it? Oh, yeah, dude. I'll, I'll tag you when we hang up in my dry January post. Yeah, I'm the weird one. Do people say, so I haven't had an alcoholic beverage in six years. Good for you, man. And I really try not to moralize it when people talk to me about it. I was like, listen, I don't care if you drink. Right. I, I, I say that. I don't, I, I can't tell you how much I don't care that you drink. It doesn't bother. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't care. Right. Yeah. Um, some of my best friends are still the football beer buddies and I love them. Right. And there are some of the greatest people. And, and I never tell people they should do, they should not drink. Um, mine started on a challenge where I was like, I wonder if I can't drink for a certain amount of time. And then I just never went back to it. And mm-hmm. I don't moralize about it. I don't think I'm better than somebody because of it. It's a personal choice, 100% for two reasons. And I'm honest about these two reasons. One, narcissism. <laughs> My body looks better when I don't drink. Man. A thousand percent. And I, I don't, it's it's an image. My I lost weight. I lost belly fat. I felt better. I wasn't, I didn't have crazy cravings. I looked in the mirror and was like, man, if I can look better not drinking, I'm all in. Yeah. I don't mind that because I don't mind the person that comes to me and they're like, hey, why do you want? And I say, hey, what's your purpose for losing weight? They're like, my girlfriend dumped me. I gained 20 pounds when we were together. I need to go find a girlfriend. Well, cool. Let let that, hey, that motivation, yeah. bro. I'm yeah. up with it, bro. Yeah. And number, yeah, yeah. and the second reason I did it was like, my brain function was completely different. The Uberman, the Uberman podcast that he did about not drinking. Yeah. Like, I think I, if I'm a first testament to what it's done to sleep and everything, but you know, you do get the people that are like, I think he's better than everybody. Cause now he doesn't drink, man, it has nothing to do with that. And I can't tell you it has nothing to do with that at all. It's just a personal choice that you it's make. The, it, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's, you're the weird one. Like you yeah. could not say a word. You could go to a social, social situation, greet everyone shake hands. Hey guy, you know, and, and then just be sitting there with your water, with your diet soda or whatever, and just having a good time. Yeah. And someone will glance over you and go, Hey, you, well, you're not drinking. Like, oh, it's like, who yeah. are you? And what do you, what? Yeah, like, why are you yeah. worried about me? Like, and you need a beer. You need to yeah, chill. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Have a beer once in a while. Used to be a lot more fun. It's like, I actually, I'm having oh, a great time. I'm actually having yeah. more fun. Cause I'm going to remember it tomorrow. Yeah. And that the truth. Yeah. It, it's, um, one of the words that I've talked about, and one of my best friends is a football coach where, where I do my work at. And um, in preparation for a game, he puts an unbelievable amount of time into the game. And he's won two state championships in a row. Okay. Where the average score, I think, was 49 to three. <laughs> and he had football games where he gave up three total yards on his defense. The other team got three total. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's Tech Mobile numbers. But he is the key. I've never seen a coach prepare like this. And and when you see an athlete who gets up in the morning before work to do drills, they stay after. They eat good. 
they exercise, they don't hang out with their friends as much, but they still have a social environment. They go to bed early. They're like, that person's obsessed. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, let's, what do you mean obsessed? Yeah. Right. Um, because they found a goal that they're dedicated at. They want to play college sports and they look yeah. at it and everybody else. Yeah. Coaching has a passion and an accountability to the kids. He wants the kids to perform the best they can, man. Anything that's dedication now is now an obsession. Well, it's interesting because we're also all over the place. Like, I don't know if I use the, the word in the proper context, but it's basically anyone that lives with conviction and stays dedicated to one thing. Wow. People usually say they're obsessed. They're and it's obsessed. like, well, no, but they value that. Like, again, man, it's are you operating? Are your goals tied to your values? Mm. I want to lose 15 pounds. Why? So I can fit back in my swimsuit. Why? Well, I know if I fit in my swimsuit, I'm going to feel better and I can't keep up with my daughter right now. And that's important to me. Okay. Now we have your value. Now we know, you know, so it's a word, Jason conviction. Yeah. Well, look at it, man. Like, look at Kobe. I admittedly have never been much. uh, I I played football, baseball, and I wrestled all growing up. I did a book report on Kobe in the seventh grade. And I learned more about Kobe during that prep than, than pretty much anything. I know he was, I mean, he was the best when I was growing up. Um, But you hear these, these, stories now about as soon as the plane would land he was in the gym working after the game he was in the gym work like he was was he upset like i don't know um obsessed is a strong word he 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 operated with a lot of like he was convicted right i like the word better conviction when people i think when people say to me so and so is obsessed i think i'm going to say they're convicted and when we talk about weight loss and somebody wants to lose weight or are they convicted to lose weight? That's funny you bring up Kobe because the football coach I just referenced, he sends me Kobe memes all the time. And, and I believe it. That's all what time, it reminded me of. All the time, Kobe, all the time. Hey, I'll go party with you, but you better be in the gym with me at five o'clock. That's right. right. And that's such a small percentage. But when you run into those people who are like that, who have unbelievable preparation and conviction, man, we need to celebrate those people. Dude, well, I was about to make, yeah, I won't make that analogy. Um, he's weird. He's weird. He's, he's weird. He's a, he's a unique, weird guy. Um, yeah. And I think what, why those people stand out is because collectively we just don't live in an intentional way. You could ask Kobe or anyone like your buddy that, that has, is building a dynasty what he's going to be doing pretty much at any hour of any day in the next probably month. And he could probably tell you he's living intentionally with intention. Collectively. I feel like we're living very passively. We go out party every weekend night. Uh, We'll sleep in. I'll skip that workout. Mm. And then Monday rolls around. I'm frustrated. I worked so hard last week. Did you though? Did you watch the, uh, did you watch the wrestling national championships by chance? uh as much as i could of it i didn't i didn't watch the 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 huge i didn't i didn't get to see spencer lee but i watched like pretty much the rest of it after that i watched off and on and um you know i think we have a connection through jujitsu right because mm-hmm. it doesn't your wife roll or whatever yeah i mean i grew up wrestling i i immediately tore my ucl man i was like a month into training i tore a ligament in my thumb my dominant hand the guy that types for a living i was in a cast all summer she made blue belt man she won pan she won well uh, she won pans at blue yeah that's a killer bro yeah no pans she's hey that's a killer right she's the pans, real deal yeah you're not you're not she's weird only a blue belt listen bro you go to pans and win i'm sorry oh no 
Yeah, agreed. Right. Ag- agreed. And um, I've been involved in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu since, since 2009. And that's before it was cool, in my opinion. So you were, yeah, you were yeah, OG. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, I was an OG before uh, Mike Isry told, Mike Isry told, told every uh, meathead to go do Jiu-Jitsu, right? Yeah. That's what and um and you know i had a neck surgery i've had bad injuries from it right but i i i watched the wrestling national championships and if you want to see conviction is watch those kids talk about coming off the mat for the last time oh him yeah the it was penn state right yeah, God, who was I, th- I think i think i was talking to jeb a big black Rolling. eye a big ugly ear and he he had, and he had a hard time finishing the sentence. And then there's another guy that said, um, what it was like to wrestle at Penn state. And he said, Kale Sanderson is a leader <laughs> in the world yeah. that needs more leaders yeah. that is starving for leadership. And the only reason I bring that up is you, you, you talked about conviction. They're weird, man. When my, when I show my kid people and, he watches jujitsu videos or he watches soccer videos. He loves soccer. You know, he's idolizing the people that we all think are probably weird. Yeah. Right. Their dedication, their conviction, their, their, uh, their dedication to the mission. Right. Um, man, I wish I could have 2%, a little 2% of that from some of those people. Dude, well, and the crazy part is they go, they do these, these weird, unique outlandish things. Kobe had no expectations. His his plane lands at 9.30 p.m. And, he, and he's hitting free throws. There was no expectation of an outcome goal at the end of that training session. Yeah. But he kept showing up, right? So it's like there's a lot to learn from these people that we dismiss as obsessed yeah. or whatever word we want to use. It's like let's learn from them, not criticize them. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'll hear from clients from their peer group is guilt. Mm-hmm. They start losing weight and feeling yeah. better. You'll see that in husband and couple couples. Yeah. When the wife starts losing weight and the husband feels uncomfortable mm-hmm. or the husband lose weight and the wife doesn't like it. Dude. And it can get, it can get there's sabotage. There's shame. The person that's successful is actually like starting to feel ashamed. And then they start sabotaging themselves. I mean, I I've said before, like I could, I could really use, um, like a psych professional on staff to help, you know, cause I can speak from experience and my best training and, and things like that, but you lost a hundred pounds, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You, I mean, you, luckily, I mean, Emma, I'm sorry, go ahead. You walked in those shoes. I have. Yeah. Have yeah. yeah. And so man, like when I, if I sound harsh through any of this, it's not because like, it's not to sound harsh, but it's like you, you have active control in whatever way you're going. Like you are literally determining your own fate and your trajectory and that that can be going really really good or can go really poorly and that's what my post this morning was about it's like self-responsibility like you are responsible for your body and your health and your mental health and all of it and it all plays into each other like improve one thing for the next week and then set cruise control on that and then the next thing literally pick any other thing a week later cruise control on that and give yourself like a few months of doing that don't you don't need to worry about 30 pounds in three months. You don't need to worry about four pant sizes in three months. Those will take care of themselves. Oh, the, the analogy, I told you I can talk a lot, man. <laughs> the, the analogy I was going to, uh, metaphor, whatever the word, 
So my daughter, Jordan, um, plays on a volleyball team at the Virginia Beach Fieldhouse. The inside, like really, really nice facility. Um, there weren't enough teams and there were a bunch of kids that wanted to play. So I created a team. I managed the team, coached the team. Zero volleyball experience, right? Luckily, at this age group, it's really fundamentals. There's only four teams in our league. You play a doubleheader every Sunday. The other three teams in the league, they're all 12 to 14-year-old kids that have played together for a long time, apparently. So there's everyone, and then there's us. We're learning. It's a character-building season. So we usually don't win. We had the chance to win yesterday. The stars were aligning in, in uh, the second game of the second set. And, man, everything that got us into that position to win, I mean, we were, like, destroying them out of nowhere we had no reason to be playing as good as we were but a funny thing happens when that scoreboard is right over your head and we I, showing you how little i know about volleyball we played a 25 first one 25 that's game we went uh it was like three to six we had six and then it, we ran it up to like 18 to six and they scored one we got all the way up to like 24 to four and in catastrophic failure <laughs> form as soon as we knew we had game point we were focused so, so hard on the outcome goal and getting that win that all the process goals, the fundamentals, we forgot how to bump. We forgot how to serve. We forgot how to, like literally every fundamental went out the window because we were target fixated on that win. And we totally failed everything that brought all the success, all those points leading up to it. And we lost the game in historic fashion. And where I was going with where I was going with that, man, is I know you've seen it before. There's something about round number scale weights. I swear to God, it's easier to get from 189 to 181 than it is to get the next two pounds. There's something about that threshold. When you have a nice round number to hit, our brains. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, how many times you've seen buddies that want to bench 225? They get to 220, they hit it for four, they go to 225 and just Right. I mean, you just, just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. The psychological side of that is um, we've been uh, bringing in a guy uh, to one of my classes once a week that talks about sports psychology and the importance of visualization. Oh yeah. And um, the importance of goal setting visualization. Um, preparation. And that's been a big part. And I've used so much of that in my coaching. What's his, what's his name out of curiosity? Uh, his name's Adrian Panasco. He's just a, he's a soccer coach at the school. Okay. And he's, he's uh, getting his PhD in sports psychology. I love and it. He's coming in one day a week to talk to our class about just the sports psychology mental side of it. And it's been so impactful because he's had kids write down their goals mm. for the first time. 16 year old kids are now writing down their goals. Yep. What do you want to have accomplished in this season, the summer? Dude, again, again, it's funny timing. And I'm going to read this to you because you mentioned Huberman earlier, but literally earlier. Did you see his post today? No, I haven't. Not to completely cut you off, but uh, again, because it was like right in line with what you said um, and uh, showing you how stupid social is, I, though I saw it today. It's actually from March 24th. So he did an entire podcast on the brain and the best way to remember valuable information. Here's what it says. 
The value of writing by hand cannot be overstated. When we read or listen to something and then write down key takeaways by hand, not by typing, yeah, I did it, see that. it engages motor circuits in ways that deeply embed information to memory. Writing by hand, however, cursory is the best way to recall information. So I realize that's writing things we're trying to learn and commit to memory. But I think for goal setting, man, it's probably every bit as powerful because you're acting Write it down. differently. Yeah. Yeah. Like I read that. We have um, a PDF. It's a values-based goal setting worksheet that we send to everyone. Reading that, I'm like, maybe we go back old school and have them write. Because he clearly says writing, not typing, is the best way to like truly internalize things. Interesting. It made me think, if nothing else. Well, it makes you think the importance of learning to um, learning to read and write, it, <laughs> like the importance of being able to actually write, the importance right. of being able to read and comprehend. Yeah. Um, I've always liked books over reading it on the screen for some reason. I'm with you. Um, I don't know why. I, th I probably romanticize it a little bit more. But yeah, I, I, writing it down on paper with your hands, right? If that psychologically instills it, you know, there's goals and there's wishes, I guess. Hmm. You write it down and the goal setting is there. Yeah, right? wishes don't get written down for sure. I, yeah. you know, I want to win the lottery. It's not a very good goal. <laughs> uh, I never play the lottery, right? That's yeah, well, neither do I. So that's, fat a, chance. I mean, that's a perfect example, though. Hey, I'd love yeah. to win the lottery. You play the lottery? Nah. Yeah. Right. Um, man, just when you deal with what we deal with and, and you really have a passion for people from a health and wellness side, every person that we do a consult call, I always stress to them, I want this for you. Yeah. I hear your story, man. And you've had this, man. I had a 25 year old girl talk to me about where she was in high school, went to college, gained weight, got married, starts talking about the process and what she's tried. So, I mean, she gets emotional on the oh, phone. Man. Oh man. And I, and she's like, I'm starting to, she's like, I need to calm down. I'm, I'm, I'm literally starting to cry when I talk about my struggles with my weight and how my weight is tied to my self-esteem. Yeah. And you hear this from people and I want it for them. I genuinely do. I, I, I and, and I think that's why, that's why I think we're really good at what we do. I think that's probably why you're really good at what you do is because when I hear these stories about people and where they've struggled, I have a solution. I really do. Well, I'm convicted about it. It can yeah. help you. You got to put the work in and I'll never quit on you. Man, and, and I think we're similar enough to where not only do we know, do we want what they want because we've, we've, we've been there and like you can tell it's not a desperation, but it's like a if it's not now, it's probably never going to happen that you can sense from some people yeah. and you know that you could provide them not, not perfect. Cause perfect doesn't exist, but like, this is an imperfect. It's perfect for our imperfect world. Like if there's anything that's ever going to work doing things like X, Y, Z and letting us bring you through that, but you know, everything they're going to encounter. And so I've found, I've gotten emotional on consult calls. Cause like, I know when they tell me about their home life or their routine, I'm very realistic. And I'm like, there's none of that scares me. We can be successful, but you need to give yourself time. You need to allow yourself to not be perfect. Cause if you go for perfect, we might as well not even start. If that's the precursor to you staying, doing it, everything you've just told me, like you 
perfection is just not going to be part of this mix, but like you can be a B student and change your life 100%. So let's How do that. How have you been since you lost hundred pounds? When did you, when was the last time you were like, I need to lose weight? Like when you were like, I'm good. Like, do you know what I'm asking? Like, yeah, man. It, it, you just didn't start and then lose hundred pounds the next month and then be like, I'm good. I'm like, yeah. I mean, so I'll, I'll send you, if you really want to hear like a detailed account, the very first I'll send you when we hang up, I got a couple things to send you, but it, it's me telling my story on episode one. But so essentially football, baseball, wrestling, all growing up, graduated high school, halfway through my senior year of high school, which killed all my sports. Um, I had a cyst pop up on my back. Really disgusting. It's called a pilonidal cyst. Wouldn't wish it on anyone. They cut it out. Very gross, involved recovery process. It recurred six times in the next four years. So I went from super, super active athlete with an 18-year-old boy full of testosterone, you know, metabolism. I could eat anything and couldn't keep weight on. Carrying that diet into a completely sedentary, recovering from surgery, day-to-day life for the next four years meant going from about a buck 85 to about 265 um, quickly. Stayed there, terrible depression, terrible anxiety, like embarrassment, because I was like the stud athlete. Um, You're not the kid want... with the shirt at the pool. Oh, I wouldn't go to the pool. Yeah, no. Like if I made it there, if I got over myself and actually made it, I'd be wearing like a black hoodie or just something as if I was fooling anyone, right? Um. That was 2011, 2012. My actual story, man, is I went and saw Man of Steel with Henry Cavill, um, however you say his name. And I, my, one of my favorite movies ever is The Count of Monte Cristo. And he was like a kid in that movie. And then not very long, five, six, seven years later, he's in Man of Steel as Superman. And I knew that we were about the same age. And I sat there being very realistic with myself. I was eating like the world's largest bag of Reese's Pieces in my 265 pounds of glory, regular Pepsi, Reese's Pieces. And there's that scene where he's, uh, he just pushed the school bus out of the water and he's like, walks up to a clothesline to find some dry clothes. And he is like yoked, right? Like just absolutely jacked. And I'm sitting there looking up at the screen going, whatever he's been doing in his day-to-day life has led him to looking like that. And I'm sitting down in the crowd eating 2000 calories worth of Reese's pieces drinking probably a thousand calories worth of regular Pepsi. Um, something's good to get. I had a, a doctor's appointment that week, went and did all the blood work. Total cholesterol was over 400 pre-diabetic. Um, doctor called me back in said, all right. His nurse called me back in and said, doc wants you to come in go over blood work. It wasn't like elderly. Uh, 22. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it had been like four years since since graduating high school. Um, Those two things, that movie, the blood work results, getting called in for the doctor. Basically, we had just had Jordan, my daughter. Um, So she was like six months at the time. And my doctor said, if you like just going by where you are now in your trajectory based on having seen you year to year, like if you change nothing, you will have a cardiac event and die before you're 30 and you won't be here to see your daughter grow up. so that was. I respect him for being honest, dude. I hated him then. But now that I, I don't know that I've ever actually thought about it as hard as since I just said that out loud. And like, I really, really appreciate that now because it's what I needed to hear because it sparked me into action. No one needs more stuff. Everyone needs more action. You know? Wow. 
And then how long did it take you to lose 100 pounds or 80 pounds? That was 20, God. R realistically, I got, uh, well, here's the funny thing. When you're that big and you have no sense of really weights or body comps, because I started crossfitting like my first year, I tried to crossfit the weight off. Um, once I got down to like 240s, then 230s, I was like, dude, 210, I will be shredded. This is it. I'm 5'10". 5'10", 210 shredded. <laughs> uh 210 came and went i was like okay no shreds found i guess i gotta keep going yeah yeah um i cried the first time i got back under 200 and then when i saw 160s again like right now i walk around like a little bit shy of 180 i got down at the very lowest to like 166 and i was like my face was sunken in gone i was running way too much and lifting all the time and i just had no energy um the bulk of that probably took me three or four years okay I've coached people to much quicker, sustainable transformations, but I didn't have a coach until my last year or so. It was so you're winging it. You're like, I'm just going to work this thing off. Oh, dude. And I was overwork. doing, I'm going to overwork. I was doing everything wrong. Literally everything wrong. Every dieting strategy, wrong. Training. In your, in, your brain, in your brain, I'm sure you can close your eyes and go back to say, I could put myself at that 260 pound spot and I know how I felt. I know what I was dealing with. So when you work with people, I promise you there's a large part of you when they tell their story that goes, man, I know what it's like to have that big bag of Reese's and that Coke looking up. Yeah. I know what it's like to get up the next day and feel convicted of like, I got to change. This is day one. Mm. This is day one. And it's and listen, it wasn't that wasn't obsession, bro. It wasn't right, it really wasn't. I mean, you say you're crossfitting and running and doing it all wrong, but man, that wasn't obsession, that was conviction. Yeah, I mean, the, the best way to put it is like you set you set out, you're on a mission. There's not even a good metaphor, but it's like if you're on fire, you're gonna do whatever it takes to put the fire out, like to to yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's very cut and dry. Like I'm on fire. I don't want to be on fire anymore. So literally whatever it takes to not be on fire, like that's how I felt. And that's how I continue to feel. Um, but it's so far past dude. Like, I don't care what I weigh. You know, when the last time I weighed in was, I don't like, I have a scale in the bathroom. It's probably been a few months, but like I can move how I want to, I can live life on my terms. I'm comfortable with how my clothes fit. I don't have abs. I I've had abs. I know for my body and my hypothyroid and like, I know what it takes that cost is far too great for me to care about abs. Um, but like I can live life on my terms. A buddy could say, do you want to go for a 10 mile run? Or do you want to go get a lift in? And I could say, yes, like I can pretty much do everything I want to do. So the weight, and I think that's what most people have in mind when they think of a, a scale weight is, and that's what I ask people. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like what area of your life is it going to unlock? Cause that's, that's where what, I'll be happy. That's what they say, right? I'll feel comfortable and happy if I lose 15 pounds, they're setting themselves up to be more unhappy than ever. Cause not only yes. are you not going to be happy, but then you're going to be self-aware that that thing that you thought was going to be tied to your weight still isn't there. So now you're going to feel like you have something wrong with you or maybe and I have people tell me how much where, what their goal is. And they say 15 pounds, like this girl that said 15 pounds. I'm le uh, or she said 12 to 15 pounds in, in 12 weeks or something like that. 12 pounds. 12 weeks. 
I'm not going to shame her and be like, Hey, we need to get rid of that number. I'm yeah. trying to understand her expectation, mm -hmm. get herself to take pictures. And I'm trying to really explain to her that like that number, and I want, I don't do it right off the bat, but as we coach her, I'll explain to her that yeah, that number represents something for yeah. you that we need to wash. Yeah. Right. I just want to hear where they're at. Cause I've heard people say, oh, I can lose 20 pounds in 12, 12, 12 weeks. I'm just trying to understand the mindset I'm dealing with. Right. right. Because they do tie happiness to that scale. And a lot of times it's because that's what they weighed when they graduated college or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, when I got married, I weighed that much and I felt really good. When you had no response. To, oh, well, before kids, I would. Yeah. You probably had a lot more free time too. And you could be the person that did two hour workouts and just anything any of the time. I have two kids. I have clients that have four or five kids. Like I know how little free time I have. Yeah. Don't worry about what you used to. I used to bench 350. I can't right now because I've had two surgeries. So I don't fixate on what I used to do. It's what can you do today? Yeah. That's better than what you're doing right now. Yeah. And I guess when I'm, you, I think the fact that you've walked that journey, um, I think really helps you understand where people are and how much you want it for them because you're now living it. Don't you I think? Try, man. I, I've always said my two favorite populations, and this will sound again, bad endurance athletes and folks with a lot, a lot, a lot of weight to lose. Okay. Um, the, the catch 22 of that latter group is that the amount of pressure they put on themselves can be like that movie, the whale with Brendan Fraser. Yeah. I can't see it. Cause I'd ball through the entire thing. Cause I've, I, I've worked with a couple people that were over 500 pounds that like, if I could do nothing else with my life other than help Them. those two people take their life back, like it would have been a success. Um, but like, there's all of our struggles. And then there's people with, with truly like two, three, 400 pounds to lose. It's, it's a different, it's a different ball game like it, it's it's the psych side of it that i can only begin to like scratch the surface of um but that's why like these drugs that are so popular right now and that yeah. are getting like yeah. very very demonized for those people that's the first time they will have felt hope probably since they can remember man if you want to be so hardline in what we do to tell everybody that the only answer to this if you're morbidly obese is First off, what do you hear people say? They're that way because it's their fault. They're lazy. <laughs> you, you hear people say that though, right? You hear them say that. Yeah. Um, if you're 500 pounds and you're a 5'4 woman and you're 500 pounds, I had a conversation. You know, I feel I, I meet people on social media all the time and they'll share their weight loss story and I'll message them. Hey, what'd you do? Yeah. What'd you do it? Tell me your story. Yeah. I just want to learn from them and talk to them. And there's this girl in town that's a barber and she lost like a hundred pounds in like 18 months. Yeah. And she's like, well, I changed this. I changed this. I changed this. And I'm like, yeah, what else you do? I had lap band surgery. I said, you know what? Good for you. Good Agreed. for you. Agreed. I said, because if you want to look somebody in the eye and say, you just need to move more, eat less. And they're 500 pounds or 200 pounds overweight, man. What a what a dick thing to say to somebody, right? It, it, it's ignorance, and I don't say that in a mean way. Although maybe I should be, but it, it's just sheer ignorance. People have no idea 
the, the cholesterol, the, the, the diabetes drug that people are taking, right? Yeah. If your only solution other than you're going to die in two years is to get a procedure or take a drug that will save your life, okay? I really 100% honestly don't see the problem. Dude, it, it gets people, I mean, I've, I've, I've had to sort of check out from those debates online, but it's, it's always people voicing an opinion that are not entitled to opinion, to an opinion, because they're not those people and they're not people that coach or work with those people. It's just everyone, everyone's got an opinion on everything. The, the people that those drugs are like literally miracles for, if you take someone in your example, a 5'4", 500 pound overweight man or woman, and you say, we're going to make it nice and easy. We're going to go into a caloric deficit. We're going to keep it manageable. We're going to prioritize protein. And we're going to have you walking. You know, Usually, we're going to work you up toward 10,000. But all I'm asking for is 5,000. It's a non-starter. They, they cannot. They cannot. The, forest the through the trees? Is it a forest through the trees type thing? Or is it the I'm physically not able? It, I would say mentally and physically, at that size, like the, the people that come to mind that I've worked with, five minutes of being upright became prohibitive. So like me asking them to walk, we could get them to the point, And that's what we did. We got them to the point where they were able to move, like move, move more. All right. So I have debilitating pain in my ankles, my knees, my hips, and my low back. And Jason, you're asking me to walk how much? Um, I'm, I'm already hungry and now I'm getting crabby. You want me to eat less? Because for the last 30 years, I've been eating in a surplus. To maintain 500 pounds, I've been eating 6,000 calories a day. You've got me on 4,000. This percentage deficit is massive. And now you're asking me to walk more? Screw you, buddy. Like, they're just non-starters. And so these people that have an opinion, I don't know where this opinion is coming from because <laughs> they, they just have no idea. Those drugs, the, the mental side of it, which I would argue is the, is the largest side of it for that, that group of people, it's like hitting, it's like taking the, the noise and putting it down to zero. They're not constantly hungry. They're not constantly like trying to, to give themselves a chance and unable because the hunger is so severe. We know it's a behavioral change thing. If they can't even work on the behavioral change protocols because of how hungry they are, then it doesn't matter. But if those drugs mean a few months in, they're down 30 pounds and then 60 and then hundred pounds. And at that hundred pound mark, everything hurts less. And then the behavioral, then they're walking more. How's that not a good thing? I, I don't know, man. If you can't tell, I get <laughs> well, your heart. There's hardliners, right? You get the hardliners. Um, I don't know if this is a good example, but I've had friends, I had a few come to mind who had a surgery, used pain pills, got addicted, became opioid addicts moved mm. to heroin. Mm. You would do anything. And I, I have a hard time combining those two things. I'm not trying to say one is worse than the other, right? That, And I'm not saying the heroin addict and the 500 pound person are the same. But what I'm saying is we're at this point, we're at the what will save this person's life stage. Oh, dude, 1,000, 1,000. Right? I think it's a great analogy. We're at and what that... will save this person's life. If, if either of those people, when they are ready, if either of those people struggled their whole life, 
were piss poor their whole life, knew nothing other than sacrifice, sacrifice and toiling away. If either of those groups, when ready, won the Powerball for 80 gazillion trillion dollars and for that exact price could change their situation, they would. And they would stay poor forever if it would improve their situation. Um, so it's not it's not they're lazy or they don't want it or we could hit rock bottom to an addict like they've probably long since been at, at rock bottom. They've lost all their friends. They've lost their family. They don't want to be standing on the side of the street. They are. Mm. No, it is. It, it, and I see. I see the people that have to take the hard line look at. You know, I think the concern is and maybe as I think about this. I think the concern is um, the people say, I'm 25 pounds overweight. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should use that medicine too, right? Yeah. You feel like that's some of the social concern is these medicines are for people. These drugs are for people who are morbidly overbeast that are facing life or death threatening situations now. Yep. Not facing um, that when you're 25 pounds overweight. So I-, I You're worried I about the crossover? Yeah, I think there's multiple things that are being argued and no one knows who's arguing what, but they're all arguing amongst themselves. So like there are legit shortages for those medications and for certain diabetics, like they need them like to sustain life. And so yeah. they're saying by default, everyone that's been prescribed because really for weight loss, it's it's still technically off label. It's about to change. The FDA is about to clear it, but really it's a diabetic drug. Um, so one, there's already a shortage. Amongst people using it off-label, the dire the the dire straits people like like you like the most to lose in this life or death, they should be using it. I can tell you from my experience, learning to live with hunger. Had I not developed that skill, I don't know that I would have been successful. Mm. Had I taken a drug, and I would consider less than 100 pounds to lose to be in a far different group, like all the way up to 100. Okay, a lot different than someone with 200 plus. Okay. Um, if 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 you're not in that situation learning what true hunger is because we can lie to ourselves we're really good at lying to ourselves and say, oh, i'm hungry and we're not it's not yeah. like true physical hunger right like we like it's it's everything else. it's a lot of environmental stuff it's stress it's it's mental hunger you hear people um, do the protein test or the fruit test if protein or fruit doesn't curb your hunger it's a craving it's not yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but i mean if you're trying to hack 20 pounds off with that cause and effect if that's the cause if not being hungry meant not eating and so you lost 20 pounds good luck yeah you better you better stay taking that drug forever or you can learn you can you that's can right that's what i've heard people say if you use it just to not be hungry and lose 20 pounds yeah don't learn anything from it right go off the drug hunger is coming back 20 pounds are going to come back yeah right okay yeah, so it, I would compare it very much to weight loss surgery, lap band or, or gastric, you know, the sleeve. Um, it gives you, it creates an opportunity to relearn your food habits. Yeah. Do you learn to auto-regulate? Do you learn to stop before you're you're either satisfied or full? Like, do you even know what satisfied feels like? Mm -hmm. Or does being overly full, is that how you feel satisfied should be defined? Um, so for, a, you know, your stomach is now smaller. You can physically eat less, but if mentally you can't stop yourself eating, everything's just going to come back to the size it was before. And that's why you see so many people that they get the surgery. They may have had a, you know, a, a great doctor or surgeon, 
But if there's very little like habit change being done outpatient from the clinic that did it, nothing magical is going to happen. They're just going to eat their way back to, to gaming and it sucks. The girl that I, 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 I messaged online when she shared her weight loss story, um, they had her work with a behavioral specialist and a nutritionist. That's huge. And I was like, man, that's so, whoever did your surgery actually cared about you. Where, um, was she in your area? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's fantastic, man. I mean, the way you coach, the way I coach, we really don't know the ins and outs of each other's program, but like most things that work, they're probably at the fundamental level, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine if in high school we were taught most of how we coach with nutrition, if we were just taught energy balance and, mm-hmm. you know, food groups, here's your macros, here's, here's some good body weight multipliers to keep yourself out of trouble. You weigh this much around this many calories. Mm-hmm. This is what you should do with protein. Um, like I'm actually moving more and more away from macros being right for everyone. I'm a huge fan of calories and protein. I've forever done macros, but I've seen a lot of people get so wrapped up in perfect macros that it's almost counterproductive. I've um, done, I've coached the, um, protein and, uh, fat and carbohydrates are, are, can be exchangeable based upon activity. Yeah. Level. Um, depending on who they are, I said, total calories and keep your protein at a certain place. Yep. Um, if somebody's coming to me and they absolutely want to do macros, they heard it works. They like the ideas. I give them options. Yeah. If you want to do that some way now, uh, my business partner, Gray has a girl who she's coached for a year and her body composition has really changed a lot. Her before and after is really good. She was, well, first off, she was a college swimmer. Oh so, yeah. So the, 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 the work ethic and everything is already there, right? Oh, yeah. She's the plan. She started with macros. She got busy. She went to mindfulness. Then she went from mindfulness to just tracking protein. Then mm. she had a, a, a time in her life where she wasn't that busy. She went to macros. Then she got busy again, planning for a wedding, went to mindfulness before the wedding, just went to protein intake. Dude, see, I love hearing that, man. It's possible. It's tools it went, in the toolbox. It went this way. It went this way of how she did it. Yeah. The end result is major body composition change. That's And, and that's how she got there were five or six different strategies that fixed her lifestyle based on how busy she was, what she had going on and what she had the mental capacity. Now, if gray would have been like, Hey, it's macros or nothing. Yeah. You would have quit after four months. Good. Yeah. Good for gray. Good for you guys. Yeah. I mean, you're doing it right. And that is what's going to set someone up because eventually you're not going to be there. Gray's not going to be there. I'm not going to be here. Like you're not I don't want to be there though. Right. I don't. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the goal is to, to not, but like you're showing up to a job site with just a hammer, there better be a lot of nails for you or else you're going to be out of a job. You show up to life with only one approach for your food. Hopefully you have a slow, you know, not a very stressful day, no schedule changes. Like the more things you can do and and not master, but get really good at like she, you know, mindfulness, macros, calories, just protein, calories. and pro- Like she'd be hard pressed to find herself in any situation where she can't find a pivot that works that's really good. well. Have and you ever, have you ever done a consult at a consult this week and, you know, keep them to 15 minutes of just finding out what your goals are, how I can help you, where you're headed. And the lady started texting me. She goes, I have a couple of questions. She's like, yeah. How do you, what form of dieting do you ascribe to? Mediterranean diet, paleo, uh, if it fits your macros. And I'm like, man, I guess, I mean, it's like, she's asking me, like I almost took it like this hardcore fundamental yeah. existential question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about religion next. Existential place in my brain because nothing's easy for me. My brain is so crazy. Yeah. Like, well, 
Christine, I said, I just ultimately want to find a lifestyle that works for you that you can sustain long term. I said, maybe I need to come up with a name for that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it, it is. It, 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 I think people think we're full of baloney sometimes because they're just, it's kind of an abstract answer. I, I did a reel the other day um, where a trainer at the gym asked me the same. Well, well what is your thing? It's like, well, I don't, what do you mean? What is it? I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. When she goes, well, is it mostly protein? Pretty much the exact same. Or is it, is it keto? Or do you guys think in, you know, um, fat adaptation? I was like, if you, if you pulled a hundred of our clients, you're probably going to get a hundred slightly yeah. different, you know, because it's made for them. Like it's their life. It's their routine. It's some are parents, some aren't, some have busy jobs, some have desk job, like, we don't have to be so quick to just throw a label and say, this is the way that everyone should do it. That's kind of why we are not very good at it because yeah. we get these guidelines that no one follows and and we just screw them all up. Yeah. I was just, you know, what do you, she's like, what do you, what do you think about the Mediterranean diet? I was like, uh, I mean, I guess the foods taste good. Yeah. <laughs> I like Greek food. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what she was asking. Love me some tzatziki sauce. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Put that on anything. Right. Like yeah. I'll eat it or, or and then she the next thing she goes, Are you gonna ask me to eat foods that I don't like? And I'm like, Well, that doesn't sound very sustainable. Right. Right. If egg whites make you want to gag, right. Right. I'm not gonna tell you to eat egg whites. Yeah, no, there's so many different like you don't have to be miserable. That is not a requirement. No. Like, are there are there best practices and should you do certain things for for best you know blood work and if you don't eat vegetables so should you at least try to maybe consider it? yeah but like you don't have to be every i was actually going to ask you when we started what did you eat for lunch today right before i got here bro i had uh i went and bought a brand new phone there you go i was because my phone took a dump oh. i was trying to press to get here to get on the 130 call and I went and got a sub from Jimmy John's, and that's why I'm drinking the Jimmy John's sub. There you go. Dude, that's my daughter's favorite. We go there way too much. Um, a sub. You know what I had for lunch? I had uh, mid-morning. I usually don't eat breakfast because I'm just not hungry in the morning. So, like, probably an hour before lunch, I had a fiber one bar. It was actually a fiber one protein bar and a Fairlife shake. And then actual lunch was a turkey sandwich. Yeah. And so every single day, I think I should take a picture of this and put it on social because I think, you know, I hear on consult calls often, I'm sure you do too. It's like, I don't have time for meal prep. I'm like, dude, I do not live in the kitchen. You that is my, have to. I, Instagram has ruined meal prep for people, bro. Yeah. Because everybody thinks meal prep is 36 perfectly formed, perfect Tupperware with chicken, broccoli, rice, and a piece of fruit. The way I meal prep is I get a pan and I do a pound of ground turkey, a pound of ground chicken. I do minute rice and I have vegetables in bags and frozen fruit Same. and it's 15 minutes and it's smorgasbord style and I'm on the run. Yeah. People think I, I don't have time to meal prep on. I, I have clients that will send me pictures like, look at this four hours of meal prep on a Sunday. I'm like, hey, that's cool. Yeah. Man, are you going to do that next Sunday? Like, I no. tell them all, like, I tell them like, if, if that's becoming a hobby and you're passionate about it, keep doing it. And like, I'm impressed that you're having fun with it, but I don't want you to think that I'm impressed. You know where I'm going with that. Like, you don't do have to, like, yeah. I get it. And I know that used to be like maybe what an old trainer told you, but it, what you said, eventually you're going to have a Sunday that doesn't lend itself to spending all of it in the kitchen. Yeah. So do you, what do you do now? Do you count macro? Do you, what do you do? What do you? 
Eep, I feel. You personally. Eat how you feel? Eep, I feel. Usually, um, if I'm tracking anything, it's protein. It's just keeping yeah. – keeping, uh, I still track. Um, my macro story is um, I had a historically horrible relationship with food. Yeah. Okay? I mean, horrible so – if I ate two pieces of pizza, the next day was – salads skip a breakfast hit a hardcore workout because i had to earn those two pieces of pe- it was it was bad right yep. now sabotage i would i would um beat myself up about it i'd go to the gym and do an hour's worth of cardio and when i started tracking i started to realize the two pieces of pizza wasn't that bad yeah and it looked no different than fill in the blank with this amount of these you know clean yep. foods right i mean i have increased the amount of the 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 um the food variety I eat foods I used to never eat because I used to think there were bad foods and good foods. I did. Right. I thought I would yeah, never. We all did. We all did. Yeah. And when I started tracking, I started to realize, so I have, I, my body can manage 3,600 calories a day. That's stupid. That's a stupid number. That's really That's awesome. Hard. That's so awesome. When I tell people all the time, they're like, I have clients be like, well, how much food can you eat? I said, I do 3,600 calories a day. They're like, what? I'm also 5'11, 205. Yeah. Right. Um, how many steps a day do you walk? Seven to ten. Seven That's to, strong, seven, man. Seven thousand to ten thousand. Yeah. And thirty six hundred is about maintenance for you. Yes. That's killer. Are you hypothyroid or anything? No. Um, I carry a lot of muscle still. Um, two hundred and five pounds. I've been as high as two twenty eight. I graduated yeah. high school at one ninety. Dang. Yeah. So I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm a lot of hips and legs. Just a big, just dude. I mean, so there. Everyone, anyone listening, that's my client. This is why I encourage you to strength strength train and resistance train bone density but then the more muscle you have the higher well, your wife will runs. Three, three days a week on jujitsu mats oh yeah like yeah like, you know what I'm saying? like yeah like, that internal furnace things. yeah it's it's incredible right yeah um so i can go get that sub that's 800 900 calories yeah. and it fits within my day you right. almost need to. If you're not making those denser choices, you're probably yeah. going to end up losing weight that you don't want and, and kind of oh, I know what, I know what happens on the mat when I yeah. don't feel fueled. Yeah. I, know I, I mean, that's pretty much where I am. And I say I don't track anymore. Tracking served its purpose. That's the idea, right? You do it long enough to get to the point. What makes it easy for me, if I ate differently, I, I may probably track more often. But man, I'm just a creature of habit. It's so repeatable. Like, Lunch every day is pretty much the exact same version of either a sandwich or a wrap. Yeah. My snacks are the same. Dinner is a wild card just because that's when the family's together. But even that's within reason. Like there's still only a few wild card choices. So it's just very repeatable. Um, I, I would say the easiest way to make this really difficult for yourself that some beginners do is different meal every single meal and every day of the week. It's like variety and constant, like changing it up. I'm like, dude, Boring is beautiful, man. It doesn't actually have to be boring, but keep it repeatable so that it's easy to keep track of. Um, I tell people the same thing about exercise. Yeah. Man, it doesn't have to be this complex German crazy, this <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. You get really good at eight or nine exercises. Yeah. And enjoy doing those for 40 minutes, three days a week, and pretty much get everything you want to out of the gym. And just stay showing up. Give yourself five years doing exactly what you just said and watch how many people you've seen start and stop going to the gym in whatever state of health and look at where you are. Like you will amaze yourself. It's just yeah. fundamentals not being given up on. Yeah. Just stay doing them. Time and consistency to your point earlier. That's it. Yeah. 
Well, man, I really appreciate you bringing me on, dude. I know. This, I hope this, we get some this good was really clips cool. out of this. I hope we get some good clips. Um, I, I've always, I mean, in this industry, you can sometimes live in a in a in a in a silo, <laughs> right? Ain't that you're, the truth? You're going, you're going, you're going, you're going. You develop your routine, develop your routine, develop your routine, develop your routine. And um, one thing that really was affirming was I always followed your content, always followed your content. I, dude, I straight up ripped off your your collage of your clients. Good. You did a collage of your clients of nine clients. Yeah. And their before and afters. I took that, sent it to my business partner, was like, we need this. A day later, she made it. Dude, there is no... And I ripped it right off for me, and I'm like, that looks it's... really good. Show your work. It's it's a um, it's a weird industry because everyone feels like like I've had people. Well, why do you have like competitors on your podcast? I'm like, because they're not, man. Most of us are overweight and desperately need our help. There could be a million coaches, and there still would not be enough coaches for all the people that need our help. So, let's be honest. I don't have a, mind, don't have a mindset like that, man. I, I really don't. Well, how I, much of how much of anything that we just talked about was our own unique original idea? Like there's nothing new. There's just nothing. It's the same stuff that worked back then. It's still the things that work now. So we need more people saying it. It's about connection. Uh, one of my best friends, Jeremy Boone, says connection trumps communication. And sometimes when somebody works, somebody could work with person A, somebody can work with person B. We could tell them the same thing and one person's story or the way they connect with them just connects. If I had, if, if, I'm telling you, if I was a kid and I was 25 years old right now and I was hundred pounds overweight and somebody came to me and yeah, I'd want to coach them. But if we're not having that connection, I would be like, Hey, here's the deal. I know a guy who runs a business that has your exact story. Yeah. He might be able to connect with you a little better because he's walked your shoes. Yeah. If your ultimate goal here, I've never, unfortunately, I've never been super financial motivated. I, maybe that's a bad thing. I mean, no, nah, I, make- I think it's easy to lose, to lose authenticity, man. Don't worry if, yeah. if you're meant to become like, dude, I'm not like rich. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, if that's the goal, I think you lose yourself somewhere along the lines. If you're chasing that blindly, yeah. is that, yeah. there you go. Is that an outcome goal or a process goal? Yeah. Right. You're right. Right. hundred percent. Right. Like it'll happen if you just do really good at your job and you care about people, but like, I have no problem with telling people maybe a different route is for them because if you ultimately care about people, man, and you ultimately want to see people do well, I will be your number one cheerleader through the whole process. Agreed. That doesn't bother me, man. That doesn't, I love sharing other people's content to our Facebook group. Yeah, absolutely. I always, I always say who the person is. Like if I, if I copy and paste the text, Hopefully they, they, you know, use their hashtag or watermark or whatever. But like, again, it's like stuff that helps people. It's not really, yeah, the scarcity mindset in our industry is so frustrating because like we are the first line of help. Go make an appointment with your doctor. It's probably going to be seven months from now for about 10 minutes. Is that going to help you at all? Yeah. I don't know. Dude, it was a pleasure, man. Yeah, um, man. I really appreciate it, brother. We'll probably go live in two or three weeks. Um, uh, because I've got a couple in here, dude, any time you want to come back, we could probably, it doesn't need to be a pot. We should just, we need to stay in touch more. Yeah, man. Um, you are welcome back. Absolutely. Anytime. And if I can help you with anything, man, 
Yeah. We've been doing videos. We've been doing short podcasts. I'll talk to Gray about bringing you on. Um, Mostly because sometimes people like to hear a third party that they're sick of me telling the same thing. They hear you. I I love the story, man. I think there's a lot of kids out there, 22 to 26, that that were active, that lost it. They want to get it back. And, man, don't you think it's awesome when you can hear a story of somebody that did something you want to do? Like, it makes it real. Dude, so I hate progress pictures. I hate sharing them. But you need to believe that the thing you want to do is possible. So yes. seeing one of your peers having done the thing yeah. makes it very um I always try to like capture their thoughts with it because I truly it's like what happens inside. However impressive the physique is, like it's like their soul is on fire again, right? Yeah. Um anyway. But yeah. no, I I agree. If if I'm trying to do something, I would much rather have someone helping me that has done the thing before, but dude, don't sell yourself short, man. Like I, just because you've not, and it's what I try to tell the coaches that coach with me. Like that was my, it's sort of like pain. My 100 pounds is like relative to someone else's even like 15 pounds. Cause the level of sacrifice they may have had to make could have been greater than, than mine for a hundred pounds. You know what I'm saying, dude? I think, I think like you're a fantastic coach, man. And I think our programs are extremely similar. So this was awesome. Yeah. We'll be in touch, man. All right. Um, how do how do people find you if they want to follow you or read more oh, your stuff? Uh, at Phenom Fit P H N M at Phenom Fitness at uh, at Instagram, and um, that's probably the easiest way to find us. Sweet, yeah. All, All right, brother, man. Later on. Thank you, dude. All right, so that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to Fed Up from Falcon Nutrition. We hope you learned a thing or two, or at worst, had a little fun with us. Please make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes and make sure you hit us up if we can answer any questions for you. Talk to you next time.